Hey, this is Evan Jackson, Video Production Director of New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that today's message will not only challenge, but encourage and inspire you to see God's purpose for you. Enjoy the message. Why is it important that Christmas comes every year? Why is Christmas important? We as Christians sometimes can get very theological in our understanding of, well, you know, Christmas is, uh, maybe it didn't even happen in winter and, you know, Christmas trees are, you know, we don't know where they came from. Oh, be quiet. It's amazing that Christmas comes every year, and I'm going to talk to you today about why. The title of today's message is Bear Witness. Bear Witness. And there's no big idea today, because the big idea is John 1, 6 through 9. Let's read it. There was a man sent from God who was named, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Look at verse 8 again. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, here's our thing. We are not the light, but we are here to testify of the light that has come into the world. You get me? A little bit different because John came before Jesus. We come after. We are not the light. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You can't save anybody. You can't, oh, well, there's a lot of debate over this. But I believe that it's very hard to change anyone. Ladies, well, if I just date him a little bit, and you know, maybe I could you know, change him. Maybe if I bring him to church. I could change him. No, you can't. Only Christ can do that. So introduce him to Christ. Wait till he gets saved and then date him. Let's do things God's way. You can't change people. Only only Holy Spirit can change people. We are not the Christ. We came to bear testimony of the Christ. That he came into the world. That's the big idea. Can you imagine being one of the 12 people who walked on the moon? I just want to stand here for a second. Feel free to take pictures, crop it properly, so people think that there's a pastor on the moon. Can you imagine being one of those 12 people who walked on the moon? If I'd been part of something like that, something that so few people have experienced, you can bet I'd brag about it just a little bit. So what did you do this weekend? Eh, We had some dinner. I walked on the moon. One day, went back, I'd be like 65 and be like, what'd you do this week? Guess what? I walked on the moon. Beat that, sucker. There's no way to beat that story. Think about it. You can't one-up, I walked on the moon. Even the most classic one-upper can say nothing. Those guys, those 12 people have something nobody else has. The ultimate story on the entire earth. I walked on the moon. But think about that. When you have something awesome, when you experience something great, you want to talk about it. 
Um, when something awesome happens, it's, not, it's a natural thing to want to share the news with people around us. You think the guy who went skydiving over the weekend keeps quiet on Monday? So what did you do this weekend? Well, I went shopping. I went skydiving! You know, I can't wait to get it out. Or the person who climbed Mount Everest. You think he keeps quiet when somebody asks them, like, you ever think about hiking? Well, let me tell you about hiking. I was watching a, a documentary the other day about a guy who climbed Mount Everest who was blind. Maybe you feel like such a schlub. The guy climbed Mount Everest blind. I don't even know what the point is. You can't see anything from the top. It's just man over nature type thing. He's blind. Makes me feel like maybe I can get up at 5.30 and do my devos. Oh, God, it's so hard. I'm so tired. A blind guy climbed Mount Everest. Get out of bed. Right? Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? But when we do things, we want to talk about it. It's something that we do. When you get a new car, you get a new, and it's all over Instagram or whatever. We share about what we are excited about. When something amazing happens to us, we want to let people know. Right? Right? When we look at the first Christmas, we see that those who encountered Jesus had that same reaction. Take Zechariah, for instance. Zechariah. He and his wife Elizabeth were in their old age and had no children. While praying for the people in the temple one day, an angel appeared to him and took him and told him that he and his wife were going to have a son in their old age. Does that sound like another story in the Bible? Interesting. Now, they're going to have a son in their old age. He would be one, uh, the one to go before the Messiah and bear witness, and he was to be named John. Zechariah had a hard time believing the words of the angel. So the angel struck him mute. Couldn't testify. Because he didn't believe the thing that was revealed to him, he was he was made unable to testify, interestingly enough. It wasn't until he broke tradition, not giving the boy a family name, and proclaimed that the, uh, uh, to the world that he was called John. He believed that his mouth was opened, and he was once again able to speak. And this is what he said. Luke 1, 68 through 79. Get there real quick, will you? Luke 1. This is what Zechariah, this is what would poured forth from his mouth when he was able to finally testify. First thing he said is, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. And that's a key set of words for this whole section. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times, 
salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant, uh, uh, to grant that we, having been rescued from the hand of our enemies, would serve him without fear. Mouthful. He had all this stuff pent up and he just blew. Right? Serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. And you, child, speaking of John, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord and prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's merciful compassion, here we go, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The light of the world will shine on us. I love what he talks about as being the dawn of that moment. The dawn of that moment. Many people talk about Zechariah as being uh, a great man and things like that. But John really steals the show. But it's interesting that Zechariah was given a gift very similar to that of Abraham and Sarah. Zechariah and Elizabeth had a child in their own age. Why is in their old age? Why was that significant? Well, this man was the first person, the very first person, to hear a message from God in over 400 years. It's like a soft reboot. People heard Abraham was the first, the patriarch of the Israelite nation, and they heard from God in a way that was unique and special. You're going to have a child in your, own, in your old age. And that brings all the way through the Old Testament. And then nothing. Think about four, just think about 400 years for, for just a second. Our country... From the moment that there were people walking around with, you know, waistcoats and tricorn hats, riding horses and wearing wooden dentures, to now, where somebody has walked, 12 people have walked on the moon. 250 years. Ish. 400 years is a long time to human history. And God has said nothing. Complete radio silence. And all of a sudden, boom. Zechariah. Zechariah began to testify. A word that means bear witness or give evidence. A witness is someone who has had first-hand experience with something who can offer proof from their own life that something is true. Zechariah testified over and over again of God's faithfulness to the nation of Israel and to him. He takes the witness stand and gives evidence that God is keeping the promise he made through Abraham and the prophets to send the world a savior. He's like, remember 
All that stuff we talk about all the time. Remember all the history that we were teaching in the Torah school all the time. Remember all that stuff that was 400 years ago? Remember that? But guess what? It's here. It's happening. It's now. I have not only read about it, but now I have experienced it. Powerful stuff there. God has provided himself, like in the days of old, by keeping his promise to give Zechariah and Elizabeth a child. Zechariah testifies that we can come to our God without fear and that he is coming not to, in judgment as we deserve, but with tender mercy, it says in verse 79, to give light to those who live in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet to the way of peace. Now, Zechariah's song is known as the Benedictus from the Latin translation of the first two words, blessed be. Benedictus, blessed be. Zechariah has en encountered God and it's left him with nothing but good things to say. When we encounter, have an encounter with God, it's natural to want to say something. Now, Zechariah's son, John, would become John the Baptist, who would baptize people to repentance and testify of the one who would baptize them into redemption. John baptized into repentance. Jesus baptizes into redemption. 1 John 14 through 17 says this. Excuse me, John 1. I always say 1 John. No. John 1. <laughs> it's a different book. It's important. John 1, 14 through 17 says this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We read that before. We observed, ready? We observed his glory. This is John the apostle writing. He's testifying. The glory of the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, John is going to start talking about John, different John, John the Baptist. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Whoa. That'll give you a whiplash, right? The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. And then John goes back to say this. The writer of John says, Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. Oh, that is just beautiful terminology. We've all received grace upon grace because of his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We all received grace upon grace from his fullness. Think about that for just two seconds. When's the last time you contemplated God's fullness in your life? This is the testimony of the Apostle John, who was a firsthand eyewitness of Jesus' ministry. He tells us later <clears throat> that the entire purpose of, the, of his gospel is... John 20, 31, 
but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The whole purpose for the Gospel of John, that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. I testify so that you might know I have experience with God so that you might testify. When you have an encounter with God, it's natural to testify. When you have an encounter with Jesus, it's natural to want to go tell it on the mountain or the hills and everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a good song. Because that's what we do. Let's go tell it on the mountain. Or the hills and everywhere. Where's your, where is your everywhere? It's natural. Mary proclaimed a song of praise for the great things she had seen and heard that first Christmas. Luke 1. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Because the mighty one has done great things for me. And his name is Holy his mercy is from generation to generation to those who fear him. Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife, was pouring out her excitement over the child in Mary's womb before Mary's even able to cross the threshold of her house. She said this, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. Mm. The shepherds told everyone they met about the angels and the baby they had seen. Luke 2, 17. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. There's a theme here. You know what the theme is? God keeps his promises. And when God keeps his promises, amazing things happen. And we, it's a natural thing to want to share it and exclaim about it. Why don't we? I'm going to have... Scott, can you go up and play a little bit? I just want to get a, I want to create a mood here. I want you to get contemplative for a second. Start thinking about what has God done for you? Just take a moment. You know, we don't take enough moments. We don't take enough moments to just remember the faithfulness of God. That's one thing that Christmas does for us. Christmas allows us to take a pause. And that's why it's important that it comes every single year. In this season, many people try to conjure up warm and fuzzy feelings about Santa, elves, flying reindeer, living snowmen, and chestnuts roasting over an open fire. And they often feel let down when the gifts have been opened and the lights go out. But we have 
real joy in our celebration because we, like Zechariah, know that God has kept his promise. See, life can be dark. Life can be dark. Jesus came into a world that had been radio dark for 400 years. Many have given up hope. Life can be dark. And that's why Jesus is so exciting. Because it's not about life not being dark. It's about the light shining into the darkness. You're going to go through stuff. But you can navigate it through the light of Jesus Christ. You can navigate that darkness because of who Jesus is. He brings clarity to the dark. We have experienced his love. I hope you have today. If you have not experienced his love, if you haven't had experience with God, then I encourage you to press in. Talk to him. Allow him to illuminate. Like Zachariah, we should be so overwhelmed by our experience with the Savior that we can't help but share the evidence with our friends and neighbors. We can witness that God keeps his promise because we've experienced his salvation first. I would say to you today, remember. Remember. The nice thing about Christmas is that it comes around every year. And it makes us stop. What should make us stop. And focus on Christ. Remember what God has done in the past and testify of his promises for the future. Christmas gives an opportunity to testify to the love of God by sharing our story. Have you made Christ's story your story? If you have, remember it. It's a great thing. It's amazing. It's worth telling. It's worth shining. What did, what did the gospel say? Don't hide your light under a basket or under a bucket. Set it up on a lampstand for the whole room to see. And by doing that, you will shine the light of Christ. My kids have a lot of toys. They just do. And it's crazy because no matter how many toys they want, they keep making new ones. And my kids are like, I want that toy. Now, my kids are good kids. I'm not picking on my kids. But we have a lot of toys. Remember when that gift was brand new? It was amazing. At Christmas last year. Now it's in a drawer with the others. So my wife does this thing. She refreshes the toys. Randomly, she'll just 
take a pile of toys out of the playroom and put them away. Just put them away. No explanation, no no reason. It's not that they're bad with them or they were fighting. No, it's not. She just randomly will take toys that haven't been loved for a little while and she'll put them where she puts stuff. I don't know. I have no idea where she puts stuff. Little nooks and crannies of our house. Parallel worlds she just sticks them in. I don't know. And it's funny because the kids don't even know they're gone. She takes some and puts them away and periodically takes them out and sets them up. Now, she doesn't just throw them back in the drawer. She'll actually take them out and she'll set them up in the playroom. So they look really inviting. And it's the same toy! She'll put them out. Arranging them nicely so that the it draws the kids' attention. The kids walk into the playroom and find a toy sitting out that they haven't played with for a while, and all of a sudden, it is the thing that they want to play with. It's like a brand new toy. It's like brand new, and they'll play with it. They can't stop playing with it. They can't stop talking about how they're playing with it, and they don't stop asking me to play with it with them. When's the last time that awe, let's put it this way, have we lost the awe of the incarnation of Christ? Have you gotten bored of the child in the manger? Have you gotten so comfortable with the story that it's lost its majesty? Have you overlooked the awesomeness of God who can keep his promises over millennia? When was the last time you were overwhelmed by the goodness of God? When was the last time you shared with someone just how excited you are about Jesus? Maybe it takes a holiday like Christmas to bring back our attention to the amazing person of Jesus. Every year, what do we do? We take it out. We set it up so it looks pretty. And everybody gets drawn to this child in a manger. And like all naughty children, we get bored with it after a few months. Remember, Remember the goodness of God. Remember his promise keeping. Remember that he's here to shine light into your darkness, not bring darkness to you. He's here to wake you from your slumber. He's here to cast out your fears. He's here to love you in an unlovable condition. While we were yet enemies of Christ, he came us. That's who Jesus is. Remember. If you've had an encounter with Christ before, remember that encounter. You get reminded the natural thing when we have an encounter with God is to 
bear witness. Lord, thank you for this time of year. Lord, forgive us for treating the miraculous as common. Forgive us for overlooking the supernatural and treating it as common. God, help us to maybe stoke the fires of remembrance today so that we can have that excitement of unwrapping the gift of Jesus Christ for the first time rekindled in our lives. Lord, bring us back to that Christmas morn of salvation where it was all all fresh and new. God, let your Holy Spirit speak to us and remind us of how good you are, how much you love us, why you're actually here, not why we believe that you're here or how we've come to believe you're here, that you're here to judge us, that you're here to keep us from stuff, that you're here to, you know, make us toe the line. Lord, help us to remember that you came to bring light to the darkness, freedom to the slave, hope to the hopeless, salvation to the wretched. Lord, help us to once again, remember what it looks like to be so excited that we couldn't keep quiet. You are more than the reason for the season. You're the reason for the whole thing. So we give you praise today, Lord. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. And Lord, help us to be overflowing of the, from the fullness of who you are today. In the powerful name of Jesus.